0: That time again. What time is it? Why am I talking to myself? I don't know. <laughs> it's the Humane Roundup Podcast with your hosts, Ashley Bishop, <laughs> and Daniel Ettinger. How you doing, Bishop? Oh, it's hot. It's hot here. I heard. I heard you, your your kid's bedroom was one hundred and sixteen degrees.
1: Uh, no, not quite. Their their room was only eighty six upstairs, but <sighs> it, we were over a hundred heat index. In, in the dead center of Wisconsin, don't the you tundra.
0: Have, don't you have some humidity in there, though? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. It is definitely not a dry heat here, um, and that's probably what made it worse because it's you know seventy three degrees this morning. It was already pretty miserable just because of the humidity.
0: Before we get into our topic, I don't want to go too far. Could you imagine having to do a cat hoarding house on a day like today?
1: Oh <laughs> no, no, no.
0: Mm. Thankfully, it wasn't working. Delight! You were working on The Garage, though, right? Yeah. That's cool. Well, we got a fun show today, folks. Folks? I don't know. Whatever. It's whatever. I just talk and <laughs> say stupid things all the time. I'm really excited to talk about service animals. Are you excited to talk about service animals?
1: I am. This is like one of my, I don't want to say pet peeves, because service animals in and
0: of themselves is great. It's the it's, people that falsify service yes. animals. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. They drive me up the wall.
0: I, I bet none of our listeners have any experience with that.
1: None. They probably don't even one. know what a service animal is. I mean, no. I
0: okay, I'm going to test you. I'm going to quiz you right now. Go before for we it and start what animals are allowed to be service animals
1: dog. And in rare cases, miniature horses, Yes,
0: you win points for me. I, I love that answer. All right. <laughs> you got a story about service animals. I got a story about service animals. Who wants to go first?
1: Mine is the frustration of quote unquote service animals. I don't know if yours is a legitimate. Oh, it's animal. a real,
0: yeah, it's a real thing. So go ahead.
1: All right. Um, we had a gentleman. I'm not, you, you forget it. He's not a gentleman. We had a guy <laughs> um, who claimed that his giant cane Corso was a service animal. Okay. Now, We said dogs and miniature horses, right? Yes. So it's not breed specific. It doesn't have to be your Golden or your Labrador. I get that. I have absolutely no problem with the breed. What I have a problem with is that on two separate occasions, this idiot uh, took his dog into two different bars. The first time I watch on video where the guy another person walks up to him and says hey man can I pet your dog I can only assume that's the words that were said yeah um however I see the owner's head go shake up and down and you know he kind of gestures towards the dog to which this other guy goes to pet the dog and gets nailed in the face damn now of course this happens outside my jurisdiction um and I called up their local constable person and said hey this dog lives in my city i know this dog is a danger but i don't have enough to do it under my ordinance however this might happen in your jurisdiction the dude got stitches in the face Mm. um please declare this dog dangerous okay they decided not to great so a couple months go by He goes into yet another bar. We have a guy who is very frail. I'm not quite sure what all of his medical conditions are, but when I say skin and bones, I mean literal skin and bones. And the dog jumps up and nails him as well. This one was in my jurisdiction, so I immediately jumped on it, and I was like, nope, dog's getting declared dangerous. We're not going to have this. Um, he was going to fight me tooth and nail. This is my service animal, blah, blah, blah.
0: So what can I, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead. What task did he say the dog provided?
1: A task for his disability.
0: Well, what was his disability?
1: You can't ask that.
0: Well, I'm I'm asking it now on the show.
1: (laughs) You can't ask him that because that is a violation.
0: We're going to, when we get our guest on in a little bit, we're going to find out a little bit more, but you can't. There's two
1: questions you can ask. What are they? It, <laughs> is your dog a service animal for a disability you have? They say yes. You can ask, what tasks yes. are, is the animal trained to provide? Sure. Their answer can be as simple as saying, it is trained to per- for a task for my disability. Wow. That is it. They can leave it as vague as that, and you can't do anything.
0: Well, when we get our guest on, we are going <laughs> to confirm that. Uh, because it's really important that we know that right that yeah. you don't want to violate somebody's uh, you know and p- e-
1: yeah here's the thing that that drives me insane um, and and I hope I hope our guest does not necessarily completely disagree with me on this um, a service animal is trained in such a manner that they should not be aggressive they should be well house broken. They should not be aggressive, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Okay. They
1: should not have aggression towards other animals or people or people. In my opinion, though, that does not mean because I've had people say to me, oh, it's a service animal. It will not bite. It cannot bite because it's a service animal. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your animal is. I don't care how well they're trained. They have a tipping point. There okay. is a line that can be
0: crossed. Well, that that's a good segue into my story. So we get a call and it's at a bingo hall. And the, the staff there was concerned because a woman was at the bingo hall with her service dog, no issues, right? Like that was, they didn't have any issues with that. And the, I guess the dog started becoming very aggressive, basically showing some sort of, Possess, possessive, I can't talk, possessive behavior where it was guarding the woman. Uh, so anytime somebody would walk by, the dog would kind of lunge and growl. And I got out there and made contact and I asked those questions that you you brought up in pretty much verbatim, I think. And her, her answer to that was, you know, he is a seizure alert dog. So a legit reason. He was a legit service dog, but just somewhere along the line, something failed at the behavioral piece. And so that's a good question that we ask, um, Irene, who will get on here in a second. Uh, but yeah, I just think that like those, those things happen. And one other thing I want to ask uh, her, but mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it up now. We have a wild animal sanctuary in Colorado, which um, she may be familiar with. And uh, there's huge signs in the parking lot that say, you know, no dogs allowed, even service animals. And I was kind of like, wait, what? So I asked the staff about that. I was like, is that, a thing and they're like yeah absolutely like we don't allow dogs here Um, we can deny entry because the dogs I forget how they said it and maybe she'll have better insight on that but something about how uh, the dogs are seen as prey Uh, you know there are a lot of Mm -hmm. like cats bears lions etc and so they're allowed to deny entry and say that like it's not something that you I'm sorry
1: Children are allowed there. Children aren't seen as prey.
0: (laughs) I, You know, we'll get, we'll get some more info (laughs) on that. It was just, it was really interesting. And so I wonder maybe it's part, part a that so many people fake having service animals and that Mm. removes it for the people that actually need it. But I was under the impression that if you denied somebody their service animal, you have to be able to provide the service that that animal provided. So we'll get to all that stuff answered right now when we bring on Irene Fobe. And she is with uh, the Freedom Service Dogs of America. She's one of the, or is the lead trainer there. Irene, thank you so much for joining the podcast.
2: Hi. Hello. Of course.
0: We have so many questions for you. before
1: (laughs) before
0: (laughs) (laughs) Before we do that, Irene, if you wouldn't mind, just give our listeners a little bit of info on who you are and how you got into this world.
2: Alrighty. So, um, I'm Irene, I've been working with animals since college. Um, I actually wanted to be a dolphin trainer at first. (laughs) So my degree is in marine biology. Um, and then I had a minor in psychology, so I worked with rats, um, and I, you know, tested cognitive abilities there. Um, did a couple of dolphin training internships, one with the Navy Marine Mammal Program and one with Gulf World Marine Park in Florida. And then I went to grad school and I did some more cognitive research on penguins and otters and goldfish. Wow. Yeah. Um, and orangutans. So after that, I was like, you know what? Research is not for me. And I did another dolphin training internship. And then I decided dolphin training wasn't for me. Is that um, because of
0: NASA's botched project in the 60s? Uh,
2: like NASA's. Are you talking about the one where they gave the dolphin LSD?
0: No, the one where they um, they were trying. It was a communication project. And the trainer uh, found that the dolphin was extremely aroused. And so she often masturbated the dolphin. And once the project. Oh. Got, yeah, it's really crazy. And once the project got canceled, the poor dolphin. Uh, was lonely and killed himself
2: oh that's so sad i have not heard of that one okay but (sighs) i'm sure there's lots of stories like that that's another reason that dolphin training just wasn't for me you know you realize that these animals have needs that we just can't meet um but yeah after that i was like you know what i need to do something that helps people and animals um so i found freedom service dogs i started in the kennels thought that the trainers had the coolest job in the world. So I got my dog training certification and worked my way up the ranks. Um, and now I'm the lead trainer and I'm overseeing all of our new hires and helping them train the dogs. And then I train a couple of dogs myself too, cause what would life be if I couldn't train my dogs? (laughs) So so I I probably
0: threw you off track with that weird story. And I put the link in the chat if you want to check it out and I can put the link in, in this podcast, there's nothing about that. And I apologize. Um, No,
2: that's okay. (laughs) it's It's
0: a pretty gnarly situation, but how long have you been doing it then?
2: So I started at freedom service dogs about five years ago and I've been a trainer for about four.
0: Okay. Very cool.
2: Yeah. I have some comments on your stories. (laughs) Please
1: please do. Please do. I was just going to go there.
2: Yeah. Um, So about the dog biting people in the face at the bars, um, managers of places are actually allowed to ask people to leave if their service dog is disruptive. So biting someone in the face is Mm -hmm. disruptive. Um. (laughs)
1: Well, and for him when I'm talking when I mentioned about the the threshold of the bite I expect that bar to be set very high still like they should still have a very high bite inhibition and this dog obviously did not Mm -hmm. he had no training he literally had this dog was not a service animal he was just using that as a ploy because he eventually euthanized the dog because he couldn't comply with everything and yeah. At that point, if it would have been a legit service dog, he could have fought that in court and probably won.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that with the bite. I guess I don't know the laws super well, but... Um... I do agree with what you said that every dog has their breaking point too. Because, you know, any dog, if you get up in their face, tug their ears, and they're giving you warning signals like growling and backing away, you know, if you're not listening to their signals at some point, and it's a dog, I mean, any dog, that could happen with any dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so you're right on that too. Like at the end of the day, our service animals are very well behaved and they are very, very unlikely to respond in that way. Um, but, you know, there's like a 0.5% chance that someone just puts them past their limit. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're animals. So, yep. It, it,
1: that's just the one thing that really gets me about everybody is... I, have you ever heard that, Dan? Oh, service animals won't bite, they're trained not to bite.
0: Yeah, I think there's a misconception that, you know... Because they're so the the time and energy put into their training is, is <clears throat> excuse me so oh, so intricate. I can't say the word
1: intricate.
0: I, yeah, you know I can't talk. That <laughs> that people just assume they won't bite. The reality is dogs communicate three ways. What are they, Bishop? I'm testing you. Vocally. Okay, so verbal body language. Okay, um, body language. And through
2: bite.
0: Yeah, so verbal, nonverbal, physical, right? Irene, am I I right there? You have the scientific background. Yep, yep. And so uh, at some point, if you're not heeding those other warnings that a dog is telling you over and over again, at some point it's going to be like, you know what? We're done here. Uh, I told you these other ways. You're not listening. Maybe you'll get it this way. So uh, I think any dog can bite. I think it's just a lot less likely that a a true, like I, I would doubt that any freedom service dog of America has ever bitten unprovoked if it ever was bitten before or ever
2: mm-hmm. yeah and I mean we we breed dogs for temperament that it's super unlikely yeah but at the end of the day like it is the handler's responsibility to advocate for their dog so if somebody is doing something that makes their dog uncomfortable it's their responsibility to get them out of that situation so that the likelihood of a bite is very unlikely. Um, Yeah. So our dogs, if we notice any behaviors that indicate they might bite in training, like that's it, they don't make it, but also a dog that is a perfect angel put in a less than ideal situation where they really are not being listened to and their signals are ignored over and over and over again, you know, like that's kind of, that's, Their way of communicating. That's their way of protecting themselves because we can't tell them, oh, it's no big deal. They don't know. So they're going to do what they feel they have to do to be safe.
1: Irene, I know that you said um, you weren't necessarily quite as familiar with maybe the actual laws regarding it. Um, And this is something I would think most of our listeners would know. Maybe, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I will tell you, Dan, um, we had a situation here with a guy who was claiming he had service goats. I think I've talked about oh. him on the show before. Um, and because of that, I, I became very, very familiar with the ADA uh, to mm-hmm. the point that our one lawyer was going to refer to me as his expert. Um, so with that being said, it is in the Americans with Disabilities Act that there is not a necessity for a private trainer. A person can train their own animal to be their service animal um, to do whatever task it is that they are apparently going to be trained for, which baffles my mind when you think about some of these dogs for, let's say diabetic detection, seizure, seizure detection. Like how do you just, as you know, Joe blow off the street, train your dog for that, <laughs> whatever, not my place, but how much time Irene goes into training dogs for this, that people are likely not putting in on their selves that a trainer like you is.
2: Yeah. So I will say there are some people who are really responsible and do, you know, do the research, um, and find out how to train a service dog to be their own. So, um, that is something that people do. Um, however, it's far and few between. Um, but so much training goes into our dogs. So we have our own breeding program and literally the day these puppies are born, they start receiving like, um, ENS, which is early neurological stimulation. They are introduced to all sorts of, um, stimuli, like, traffic cones and people in hats. And we have a cat that's back there to like introduce (laughs) and socialize them to the cat. So just anything you could think of, surfaces, um, and that's to socialize them to these things that they're gonna experience out in the human world. So after that, there's two tracks. They either go to um, prison and work with the inmates to get their basic obedience behavior, learn how to get potty trained, Or they'll go directly to a puppy raiser. We call that the tiny tots program. And they'll be raised until they're about uh, a year and some. So like 13, 14 months. And the ones that went to prison will go to raisers just a little bit later. And the raisers get like a little bit of an easier dog because they're already potty trained and stuff. Um, So, yeah, they're with the raisers for sometimes over a year. Um, And then they come in for training to where I am and we train them for another four to six months (laughs) and you know we work eight hours a day five days a week um I feel like each of our dogs probably get an hour of training per day um they get enrichment um from volunteers so so much work so much time so much money goes into training these dogs um that it is kind of hard to imagine that someone is able to do it on their own. Um, I will say some people who have disabilities have a lot of time, um, Mm. especially if they don't work. Mm. So I actually do have a friend who has trained her own service dog and she did have a first dog who was inappropriate. So she got another dog and is trying again and she's being very responsible. (laughs) So
1: And it, it, I should back up. I wasn't trying to say that it is impossible. I just feel like, at least in my area, because I, I think we have maybe only a handful of trainers that are doing specific to any certain disability. Um, I I get a lot of people around here that are telling me that they train their own service dog, yeah. um, and, and so just I, looking I, at the behavior I, of the dog, I'm like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I see that all the time. (laughs) So I
1: understand it's completely possible, but there's just so much knowledge that the person also has to have to do that.
0: Irene, you, you wanted to make some comments about my story. So we had the bingo story and then we had the wild animal sanctuary, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Wow. Familiar
2: with here in Colorado. Yes. Okay. So the bingo story remind me again, it was a dog at bingo and it was growling and protecting the lady, right?
0: Correct. Yep. You got it.
2: Okay. So yeah, that would be disruptive behavior. So she could be asked to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that's something we specifically tell our clients is not okay. Especially some of our clients who have PTSD. Um, sometimes they like the like the protective element, like my dog is looking out for me. Mm, Um, But we're an ADI certified organization. So Assistance Dog International. And we actually really don't um, train those kinds of behaviors. So we say that the dogs, you know, create space in public kind of, but it's not supposed to be the dog is blocking me. Or, um, you know, we have the dogs trained to provide deep pressure therapy, but we're not going to train the dogs to, um, you know, watch somebody behind their back if they are, you know, standing in the checkout line. So protective behaviors in general are not um, anything that we ever train. Um, And then especially when we notice that guarding behavior, um, which honestly we don't see it super often, um, it's definitely something that we address. Um, does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Thank you for answering that.
2: Yeah, of course. And then for the wild animal sanctuary, um, I think it's actually an animal welfare issue for the big cats. Um, I worked at a zoo as a docent. So I did like education and stuff Okay. and the big cats, um, they're very like aware of, who's coming by um, and sometimes people would like get up close to the like, cages and they would like spray them and stuff um, and wait the cats was- would spray them yeah it was disgusting
1: <laughs> you know what if you're gonna be that silly to get that close you might deserve it yeah. though <laughs> yeah.
2: honestly you do um, I was all about it I was like you go you tell them they're <laughs> but since the dogs you know look different smell different are on all fours um as opposed to a kid um (laughs) they they are considered prey and if you think about it if a tiger or lion I don't know necessarily about bears but if they see a dog coming by and they like run the gate and slam their face into the gate and get hurt or get like emotionally you know um aggravated because they can't get the prey um then it's a welfare issue for them Mm -hmm. and it's disruptive for that organization so yeah it's okay for them to say it's not allowed
0: but do they then have to provide something like if it's a mobility (laughs) dog do they have to provide the ability like or is that not an option
2: i don't know i would think that they should be accessible but i've never actually heard that Law. Okay. Um, but I do know that like here at the aquarium, Denver, downtown, um they will walk people around. So they have someone by the tigers and
0: okay. they'll say,
2: okay, let, let's take the alternate route. And they'll just sort of walk them a different way and then let them go. I think some organizations also provide um kennels. So if the person wants to go see the tiger, um, you know, the dog can hang out in the kennel for like five, 10 minutes as when they go see um, the animal. I saw this at the aquarium in Long Beach. Okay. They had some kennels for the service dogs. So, Um, I don't necessarily know, like, I feel like if somebody with a disability were to drop their cell phone, (laughs) hopefully another human could help them pick it up, but I don't know if that human would have to be provided by the organization.
0: Got it. Bishop.
1: Sorry, I... (laughs) looked up the ADA fact sheet just to see if I could answer your
0: question, Dan. So, all right, while you're doing that, yeah, another question, Irene, how do you determine inventory? So when you're training dogs, how do you train for, okay, I need a seeing eye dog. I need a diabetic alert dog. I need a seizure alert dog. I need a mobility dog. I need a dog. Like how do you, how do you inventory and decide on what dog's going to do what?
2: Um, they kind of tell us, (laughs) so, um, we have a wait list of lots of different types of clients. We serve mobility clients, we serve autism clients, we serve veterans with PTSD and other, um, disabilities. So, oh, and we also have a therapy dog program. So we kind of start training the dog for like the hardest job, which is obviously, Well, maybe not. So obviously it's mobility um, because the dog has to, you know, walk next to medical equipment. They have to be able to pick up things, open doors, close doors, um, you know, do wheelchair ramps, just all this stuff. And it's a very high pressure job. So we usually start out trying to train these dogs for this higher pressure job. Um, and if they just are not really suited for it, you know, some of them don't like to put things in their mouth. Some of them get a little bit nervous in tight spaces, like next to a chair. Um, if that doesn't end up working out, then we go to our next, um, you know, option, which is like light mobility, neurocog, or just light mobility in general um and then if that's not really an option which honestly most of our dogs can do light mobility most of our dogs can do like a retrieve um and a tug um and then if that's not an option so sometimes we have dogs that just won't pick stuff up um and it takes like a million years to try to train them to pick something up and it's sometimes not doable in the time frame we have then they'll be purely neurocog and provide that deep pressure therapy create some space in public, um, interrupt stress cues. Um, Like if someone's picking their nails or whatever, they can do a nudge. Or if someone's bouncing their knee, they can rest their head on their lap. Um, So it's kind of whatever they are capable of doing and then what they have an affinity for. So sometimes, you know, we get a dog and it's like a special dog. like, this dog is so emotionally intelligent Um, we really think this dog needs to go to someone with neurocognitive needs because Mm. they would be so good at it. Um, (laughs) so yeah, it's kind of what the dog is able to do. Um, yeah.
1: So Dan, um, it actually specifically talks about zoos.
0: Okay. What's it say?
1: Um, Where did it go? (laughs) Basically, it's it's saying, interestingly enough, that um, if it is going to cause a hazard or um, have other animals within the zoo become too agitated, Mm -hmm. the dogs can be prohibited from specific areas, but they it says that it can't be in, in an entire area. Okay. So unless every animal there is somehow being negatively affected by the dogs being there, there might be a slight violation there.
2: I mm, see. Interesting.
0: Well, good, good job looking oh, at that. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. At a zoo, service animals can be restricted from areas where the animals on display are the natural prey or natural predators of dogs where the presence of a dog would be disruptive causing a displayed animal to behave aggressively or become agitated they cannot be restricted from other areas of the zoo
0: like the food court and the merry-go-round and okay uh the san (laughs) diego zoo has a dog that lives what's that
2: do they have a a, z- a merry go round <laughs> at not the at wild animal station? Sure
0: no, me. not at the wild Animals like, station. <laughs> just the Denver Zoo. Uh, the, at the San Diego Zoo, they have a dog that lives with, I think it's a leopard. I think oh, yeah. In- I yeah.
2: saw that. Oh, my gosh. That was so cool.
0: Yeah. But they were
2: raised
1: together, too. That, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. a little different.
2: Yeah. yeah. I saw a demo, and the dog was just hanging out as the cheetah was like chasing this fake rabbit.
0: That's amazing. So cool. <laughs> so I, I guess with us, like when we, we talked about the questions you can ask, when Bishop talked earlier about the person just saying it's for my disability, what do we, like, is that acceptable?
2: Honestly, that one kind of stumped me um, because I always thought it had to be specific tasks. Correct. I don't know if that is actually an acceptable answer. It's probably not. Actually done the research and found no, that out. Yeah. I don't think um, it is. Yeah.
1: You don't think it is because you just don't want
2: me to be right.
0: Are you? So is that that legit? If you're Um, right, you're right. Like if it's legit, it's legit. But that just seems like someone's just being a jerk.
1: So that is information that came from somebody who, one of the few people in my area that I know is training service dogs. Okay. Um, Because uh, also according to the person, um, they're, has been some legislation that has been in the works to change some of this um, because right now there's absolutely no national registry you know people come to me and say well here's my dog's card it, i'm registered it does you get scammed you're out you're 150 because it's literally a scam there is nothing nationwide that is actually registering your pet um personally My, what I would love to see happen, because there are so many fakes out there, is legislation to be passed that not just anybody can ask for it, but that there is a registry. And if, let's say, you take your dog to a restaurant and the owner is like, I don't think that's a service animal, um, they can call law enforcement whether it be animal control or the police department whatever and law enforcement can request the card because then you know we're not going to be sharing everybody's hipaa information Mm -hmm. um and so having something to keep everybody accountable would is my dream
0: um same. Irene, what do you think about that?
2: <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. There's absolutely no regulation or um, standard that service dogs are held to in the laws. Um, because we're um, accredited by Assistance Dogs International, we hold ourselves to really high standards and we actually do give our clients ID cards um, and the ones right now, they're like digital. So they pop up like a barcode each time. And like that lets you know that they're legitimate. I don't know exactly how it works, but it's very new um, <clears throat> because of the issues that we're seeing with the, you know, certification that people buy online and say their dog is a service dog. It's ridiculous. Um And yeah, I would love my dream is the same as yours, Ashley. They're really something they needs to because I mean, fake service dogs, yeah, they're an issue for the public. Um, And then they're also an issue for actual service dogs. So like if you go to the airport and there's a little Pekingese barking its head off at your trained service dog, that service dog might be too distracted to pick up your wallet. Mm, Right. You know, you're in a crowd like it's just it's added stress for these working dogs that already encounter so many. Um, distractions. It's just, that might be the distraction that prevents them from doing their job.
1: And and who knows too, you know, I'd like to think that most people that have legitimate service animals are providing regular veterinary care so that oh, yeah. they're up to date on their vaccines and they're not going to be having intestinal parasites that they're, you know, giving off to other animals that may or may not be trained, um, which actually... I do wanna get this in there, Dan, as well. Um, Even if an animal is a service animal and a legitimate service animal, if your local jurisdiction has regulations on rabies vaccines and licensing, Mm -hmm. they are still required to be followed as well as leash laws.
0: Yeah, most agencies though will have like a no license. Yeah, for, for the license. And you're right about the leash law. Now, I've had in the past, I've actually wrote a ticket to a person. I forgot about this story. This is great. I love how you jog my memory. <laughs> I had, I've had, i seen the guy all over Denver. He used to ride a skateboard, and he claimed that his dog was a service dog. And it was a legit service dog. And But he would just like, the dog wasn't providing a task while it was off leash. And this one time, I saw him at the park throwing a tennis ball to the dog. I was like, oh, bro, I'm sorry. Like we talked about this before. Like if your dog's off leash because it has to <clears throat> has to has to get free and go alert somebody because you're having an issue. That's or you wild. physically
1: can't hold the leash because that that's is your disability.
0: Totally fine. However, when it comes to like the dog being twenty feet away from you running around the park or whatever, that's not in its duty. And so he got take it.
2: Yep. Yeah. A service dog should always be within two feet of its handler. On leash, and that's you can our,
0: we emphasize yeah. always
2: yeah so like you said if he was doing a task like finding someone to get help or whatever sure. yeah, that true. is not applicable um however we do try to train tasks that the dog can do on leash um for the most part just because when your dog is off in the world you don't know what's going to happen to them so I know that some organizations do train that, like off-leash, go find someone to get help. We usually just train that behavior in the home. Um, So like a family member could be helped because, yeah, the dog, I mean, it's, it's a danger to the dog. That's kind of the reasoning we give our clients is that. Um, if you are playing fetch with your dog off leash in a field, this dog is like a fifty thousand dollar dog. <laughs> sure. And if they just see the most magical bunny unicorn thing, like you know, our dogs, we don't put out a dog if they have very drive. However, every dog is a dog, and right. they might see something that just really piques their interest, and they cross a busy street. Like your your service dog couldn't be no more, <laughs> and that would be a real shame because. So many people are on our wait list, and so many people follow our rules um, because so much is put into these animals.
0: Speaking of which, I want to make sure we get this out there. Check out the website. It's freedomservicedogs.org. Again, freedomservicedogs with an S.org. And then on that, on that homepage, there's a pretty big red button that says donate. So you can donate to help pay for some of these $50,000 dogs. That's <laughs>
2: amazing.
0: Are they insured? So, if someone has a a service dog and something were to happen, um, do they have insurance usually on them?
2: Usually, we tell our clients to get like veterinary insurance. Okay. But I've never come across the idea of actually insuring a service dog for what it's worth. Hmm. It is.
0: Well, it's property still, even though it's. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: maybe they're homeowners then. I I have one more question for you, Irene. Yeah. Um, Because I. I have a feeling Dan wants to get to the pick, pick of the litter. Um, what? <laughs> do you guys typically, or, or require it after they are with their person spaying and neutering?
2: Yes. So we actually do not put a dog out if it's not spayed or neutered. Interesting.
0: Um, is that, and then even, oh, is
2: sorry, that required?
0: Or is that an, like, an option for you guys?
2: Um, I am not sure it's required. Okay. We do it because, you know, that's the standards that we hold ourselves to. I'm pretty sure it's an ADI thing as well. Um, But But it doesn't
1: affect their training or their ability to perform their tasks.
2: No, not at
1: all. The reason I ask this is, like, even with our police canines, I will have some of the officers be like, oh, yeah, I'm not neutering my... My dog because it it'll affect how he smells and i'm like
0: that's just ego. do you know how the
1: nose is on yeah. one end of the dog and what I'm, would be done is on the other end like that's
0: all, that's all ego dogs have what is it <laughs> 300 300 sensory smeller things in their nose yeah nose buds like oh, taste buds what meant, you like, call- the
2: way that the dog smells the world i thought you meant the way the dog smells to other dogs <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, 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 how the dog like smells the drugs that it's trying to sniff out or it'll yeah. lose its bite, you know, its ability or want to bite if it's a dual purpose and things like that. I'm yeah. like, guys, really, if it's trained, it's trained.
2: Yeah. I mean, I could see that like testosterone for the biting, that makes a little bit more sense to me, but definitely the smelling, that, that doesn't, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Should we do pick? I don't know. Do we do pick of the litter? This this pick of the litter, which is brought to you by the Humane Educators of Texas. Check them out, HumaneEducatorsOfTexas.com. Also, since we're talking about it, don't forget to check out Joe the ACO and his stickers and use, um, check them out on Etsy and just search. All you have to do on Etsy is just search Joe the ACO. He has amazing stickers. And you can use the code Humane10, humane right? Humane10. Yeah. Um, if that doesn't work, send me a message and I'll fix it.
1: <laughs> or Humane Roundup 10. Try, try,
0: both. try both. Try both. <laughs> it's fine. But you'll save 10%. Thanks, Joe, to ACO.
1: <laughs> and they'll come quickly. I I ordered oh, yeah, super fast. like two or three days. I had them in my hand.
0: They're amazing. Again, Etsy.com. Search for Joe, the ACO. He has some great stickers on there. Don't miss them. Don't miss out. Save 10% as well. Humane Roundup 10. Do you want, would you like to play this game, Irene? It's
2: I think so. It's that somewhat.
0: Some of the questions are kind of geared towards animal control officers, but some of them okay. are just fun. Take it away, Bishop. Okay. All right. <laughs> wait, wait. We didn't set up the game yet. So oh, this Irene, is true, <laughs> Irene. You can do whatever you want. You can answer all. You can answer none. You can pass. You can pick your own answer if if you want. So it's just there's no rules to the game. It's just whatever you're feeling when the questions asked.
1: It can be, you know, how you feel work-related, what you would prefer, not prefer, or personal. Uh, personal.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, first one is van, truck, or SUV?
2: A van, because we have some that we have a ton of crates in, and we can take multiple dogs on outings, and it's air-conditioned. I love our vans.
1: Yes. All right. Um, I'm going to, oh, this one, I can't even guess this one, Dan. Uh, cat, dog, or other?
0: Ooh.
2: I'm going to say cat and dog because I train okay. dogs, but I have a cat.
1: All right. That's awesome. I wasn't sure if you were going to come back with, you know, dolphin.
0: Not after the story <laughs> I told her. She's like, I'm never.
2: Dolphins are kind of overrated. They don't really <laughs> want to do anything to please you. They just want their fish nice that's
1: fantastic
0: For the article <laughs> we sent earlier they just want pleased i guess you could have-
2: <laughs> all right i'm sorry Hip- it's
0: supposed to be a professional <laughs> podcast but we keep it real
1: hip-hop country or rock uh
2: country hip-hop what do no, I like both of them.
0: Um, you haven't heard my country song. No, um, don't. You don't want to. It's, it's the best thing ever.
2: I like the new country. I don't like so much the classic country. That mm. one makes me a little carsick. Oh, oh really? Makes you dizzy. Yeah, I think... It's like the. It's just yeah.
1: Oh, see, and I like the it's old stuff. To explain. <laughs> <laughs> you like you don't like the twang.
0: So then, are you a, a fan of Nelly with his album called Country Cheese?
1: Country Grammar.
0: Thank you.
2: No, I no. <laughs> <laughs> um, name
0: wait. Name one hip hop artist. Gosh, I can't talk. Artist you like.
2: I like Kanye West. All I right, like, keep it moving. Uh... That's cool. Yep. I actually think, <laughs> truthfully,
0: Kanye West is a genius musician. Music, wow, musically, he is a genius. Absolutely, you can't argue that. Some will say his mental state is a little bit questionable, but yeah. musically, yeah, he's a genius. <laughs>
1: um, okay, this one, this one might not be quite up your alley. No, but I know, I know for the, shot.
0: That one. Yeah, this shot. Yeah, so
1: nonprofit, PD, or municipality.
2: Nonprofit. Because that's right. what freedom service dogs is. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Um, bite or cruelty. Hmm.
2: Bite or cruelty. Uh, I think
1: you you think could go neither bad. as well.
2: They're both bad, but also like cruelty followed by a bite would not be bad to me. That would be the dog defending themselves. Hmm.
1: Okay. uh <laughs> body
2: armor or none. Uh, so
0: I body personally...
2: armor, like a bulletproof vest. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I personally do not wear body armor to work. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, you probably don't. I mean, maybe if you, when you were working with the dolphins, I don't know.
2: You have to I've wear heard... closed-toed shoes with the dolphins.
1: Why? Did do they eat your toes?
2: Um, I think it's just like the fact that you're carrying really heavy stuff, and if you drop it, okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: Another one, yeah. Some of these won't. All right, Uh, barking or stray. Um, Would you rather chase a dog or uh, listen to it bark?
2: Okay, chase a dog or listen to it bark. I'd probably rather chase a dog. Barking can be a lot. I'm glad you
0: (laughs) summed that up that way. That was good.
1: Uh, cell phone or radio?
2: Radio.
0: Do you use radios in the kennels?
2: We do. So we use it to organize like when we run the dogs out to play. Okay. Um, and then like if we need to ask a question from the kennel techs, yeah, they're really useful. Yeah.
0: Just a, a quick, quick question. Again, check out freedomservicedogs.com and, or dot dot org. Org. <laughs> dot .org. Sorry, I do that all the time. freedomservicedogs.org. <laughs> get involved and there's an option to volunteer. Uh, So we can talk about that when we finish this, this segment. But um, anyway, that might be fun to to get out there in the kennels and help if that's an option.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So three more questions. So zoom or in person.
2: In person.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, DOA or skunk.
2: DOA. What is that? Dead on arrival. Ooh, or like <laughs> or sprayed by a skunk.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: I take the skunk.
0: Oh. I love skunks. They're so cute. <laughs> All right.
1: Last one. You may might have some experience with these. So catch pull, snappy snare, or lariat.
2: I know what a catch pull is. I don't know what any of the other things
0: are. Wait, you listen to country music and you don't know? Hold up, hold up. I got my lariat in hand. I oh see a bull. I throw it over its head because I'm so cool. <laughs> that's a, that's what a lariat does. Oh my
2: God. But that's the old country. That's <laughs> the, old, the new country.
0: <laughs> I'll, work on my, I'll work on my new country.
2: <laughs> yeah, we use shepherd's hooks in the play yard sometimes to help um, – like interfere if there's a fight or whatever, because we don't want to put our hands in there. Smart. Honestly, Look at that. <laughs> honestly, we don't have very many fights in our play yards. I'm so, sure it, yeah. uh, we don't use them very often. Okay.
1: I would say put shepherd's hooks in there, Dan.
0: All right. We're going to put it, it in it. there.
1: We told her she could come up with her own answer. I'm
0: totally good with it. I like it. I use them to scratch my back. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> the end of our segment brought to you by the humane educators of Texas. Again, volunteers. Yeah, we're going to ask that. Check them out though. <laughs> you mean EducatorsTexas yeah. org. So yeah, the again the the website freedomservicedogs.org. org. There is a get involved tab. Uh, if you go there, there's an option to volunteer. I see raise a puppy. I see foster on weekends. Volunteer on site and puppy raiser. Oh, oh that's if you're a puppy raisel. Wow. Razor portal. So <laughs> you have to go in there and update it. Yeah. So can you talk a little? Yeah, talk a little bit about all the different fun things people can do if they want yeah, to volunteer. for
2: sure. Our volunteers are amazing. We honestly couldn't not do what we do without them. Um, there's always a need. So the on-site volunteers um, help kennel ticks with everything from cleaning um, to enriching the dogs to giving baths. Um, it's a pretty good time. I used to be a kennel tech, and sometimes that just sort of mindless work of, like, giving a dog a bath is just kind of fun and <laughs> Um, our weekend fosters give the dogs a place to rest their little heads on weekends. Um, you know, the kennel environments can become stressful. So for them to be able to have a weekend in a home is good for their, you know, mental wellness. And then it's also great for us trainers because we can see, um, home behavior and then puppy raisers. Oh my gosh. Puppy raisers are probably our biggest need right now. Um, because, We have so many dogs that are coming through the pipeline and we really need people to get them out and socialize them. And I'll make a plug for it. Like raise a puppy if you want to learn how to train dogs, because it's basically a free dog training class. We'll teach you everything about positive reinforcement. Teach you how to socialize dogs. You'll have trainers to work with to, you know, overcome any issues that come up. And it really is a cool experience and a lot of the people that I work with who are trainers actually used to raise. So if that's something that you want to do as like your career, a really good foot in the door is to raise a puppy.
0: Nice. I love puppies.
2: It's not but it's not
0: easy. People think it's easy, it's not. No, you got
2: It's not easy and it's it's a lot of time um and it's like, you know, everybody asks like isn't it so hard to give them up? Um But if your dog makes it and you see the impact they make on a person, it's so so rewarding. I have this. If your dog doesn't make it, you can adopt them. There you go.
0: (laughs) I have this great story that I just I started working up here in the mountains not too long ago, and we did a school presentation with someone that trained service animals as well, and she was telling us a, a quick story how you know she had a dog for about a year or so and did all the training, and seven eight years went by, and they were at the airport and she saw the person in the wheelchair with the dog and the dog smelled her. And she was like, she didn't want the dog to see her to distract from its job. The dog yeah. went crazy. crazy. Ooh, yeah. So she went up to the person and the person never met the trainer. And she was like, hi, I'm so-and-so I trained your, your dog. Is it okay if I say hello? And the dog just went ballistic and, you know, just Aww. loved on her for a little bit. And then, and then she was able to to walk away and the dog went right back to work.
2: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They remember us. It's funny. Cause I've had dogs where it's like, I go up to them and I say hi and it takes them a second. And then when that switch flips, they're like, Oh my gosh, it's you. <laughs> and they get so excited. It's really, really gratifying for that reason too. You make such strong connections with these animals. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really rewarding job.
0: Well, Irene, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us on the Humane Roundup podcast. We really, really appreciate your insight and all the things that Freedom Service Dogs of America is doing and keep up the good work. And you have a friend here on the podcast. We're always willing to, to, you know, if you're doing events, let us know. We'll put the word out there. You know, if if there's ever fundraisings or things like that, we'd be happy to share it. So thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast.
2: Yeah, thank you. It was fun chatting with (laughs) y'all.
0: likewise and as always bishop it's time are you ready for the ending as we always do on the humane podcast we like to say thanks for listening and keep it
1: humane
0: humane, we still haven't got we've been doing that for like two years and a half and we still where's the fluidity i don't know